Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the Edinburgh Festival. Stand Up Tragedy are broadcasting every day as part of PBH's Free Fringe and we're sharing a performer from our live show at the Fiddler's Elbow where we're going out at 6.30 every day for an hour of live tragedy until the 14th of August. We're really proud to be part of the Free Fringe because it's all about bringing together great acts and making stuff for audiences that doesn't cost anything and it also doesn't cost anything for the performers to have the venues, which is a beautiful thing. Now, today we've got Sugar and Vice, who are Bridie Lee Kennedy and Courtney Powell, two girls from Australia who have devised a sexy comedy cabaret act. And they're right here in Edinburgh, performing at the Gilded Balloon every day until the end of August at 9 p.m. Let's have a listen for the tragedy that they performed for us. And after that, we're going to hear from them about what their show is and how they feel about the audience's reactions to what they do. So glad the title of our show got a laugh. That is, it's all downhill from there. Um, uh, so we're going to start with a story of personal tragedy for me. Um, a few years ago, I was seeing this guy. Um, we'll call him James because that is his name, and he is not here. Um, so James and I were seeing each other, and I thought things were going really well, and I, I really thought this might be the one, and. Um, we, we were seeing each other for a little while and we hadn't had sex yet. And I thought, wow, that's because he thinks I might be the one too, so we're taking it slowly. Um, unbeknownst to me, it was actually because James was a virgin. Um, I'm not totally sure why he hadn't told me. I think he thought like I might find it a bit weird or, or creepy, which is crazy because obviously virgins are sexy. Um, but look, for whatever reason, he didn't tell me. But he had decided that it was time for him to graduate into that realm of, you know, stickiness of which his friends spoke so reverentially. Uh, and he decided that I was going to be the lucky girl. Yay! Um, so one night, James and I were making out in the back of his mother's station wagon. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, kicking life goals. Uh, no, so we were, we were making out and uh, things were going pretty well, um, except for a couple of odd things. The first was that James approached touching a breast as though it was something that might burn him. So he'd sort of like go in slowly and then... <laughs> um, so that was a little disconcerting. Um, but the weirdest thing is, through the whole experience, James did not make a single noise. He was completely silent. If I could just get a show of hands, who would find that creepy in an intimate situation? Hmm. Okay, the couple of you who did not raise your hands are into some freaky shit. Uh, if at any point you were getting sexual with someone and you go, oh yeah, baby, I'd like it quieter, then uh, you really need to think about your choices and your tastes. Um, there is possibly a club for people like you, most likely in jail. Um, no, so I did what anyone would do in that situation and I asked James to talk dirty to me. Um, I'm a nice girl, so I said, please. Um, but James panicked. Of, of course he did. This was already terrifying to him and I had just thrown a massive spanner in the works. Uh, I should point out at this juncture that um, though James was a virgin, he was not unfamiliar with the concept of sex. Uh, in fact, as so many young men are, James was a voracious consumer of pornography. <laughs> so when I said talk dirty to me, James came up with the only thing at his disposal. <laughs> He looked me right in the eye and he said in his most sultry tone, 
I want you to fuck me with your big black cock. Good time to enter, ladies. Good time to enter. Um, with my, my big black... I don't have one on me. Um, we can see if your mum has one in the trunk, but if she does, then that's going to be a whole other conversation. Um, well, look, perhaps suffice to say that is not the night James lost his virginity, and uh, tragically it was the night I lost my heart because it did not work out with James. It turns out, I want you to fuck me with your big black cock when said to a white woman is something that is impossible to recover from. Um, so that's, we do have one more little bit of uh, tragedy for you. This one's not a personal tragedy so much as um, I find it tragic that the song we're about to do for you is currently the number one song in the entire world. Um, now, you may be familiar with it and you may be familiar with the controversy around it, uh, which is that this song, yeah, woo, it's rapey. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, <laughs> ladies. There you go. Everyone is talking about it and whether it's appropriate. Now, what confuses me about this song is I have found that, uh, in my experience, I don't need to be talked into things. Um, <laughs> and yet this song suggests that if you are, in fact, a good girl, you are going to need persuading to uh, engage in acts of a sexual nature. So we've done a couple of quick edits on it and uh, this is Blurred Lines for you. If you can see what I'm trying Can I just get a little bit loud? I'm so sorry. There we go. Lovely. If you can hear what I'm trying to say If you can read from the same page Maybe I'm going deaf Maybe I'm going blind Maybe I'm out of my mind Okay, now he was close, tried to domesticate you, but you're an animal, it's in your nature. Let me liberate you, you don't need no papers, that man is not your maker. That's why I'm gonna be a good girl. You know I want it. I know you want it. You know you I'm want gonna it. be a good girl. Can't let it get past me. I'm far from plastic. About getting blasted. I wanna be a good girl. Can't let it get past me. I'm far from plastic. Talk about getting blasted. I hate these blurred lines. Thank you. Thank you. We've been Sugar and Vice. You have been lovely. Enjoy the show. Stand up tragedy. How would you describe the way tragedy inspires cabaret, especially your act? Uh, well, our show, the show we're currently doing is about all the men we've never slept with. Um, that is the title. Uh, but it's, um, I think, mostly, yeah, it's, it's the lost loves, tales of lost love, which is um, very tragic, uh, particularly if... You know, otherwise, you sort of, I mean, it's pretty first world problems, really. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, lost loves. The rest of our life's pretty good. Uh, so, yeah. Is it easier to kind of reveal personal details on stage in quite a flamboyant cabaret-style way rather than in real life? I think this show's pretty good for me because I feel like 
I am just as truthful off stage about this sort of stuff as I am on stage. Um, and when people laugh and commiserate with me, that's, you know, better than me crying in my room alone, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm, a, I'm a revolting oversharer yeah. on or off stage. So. But I think uh, it might be easier for the people listening to it if they're not actually, you know, with us. Yeah. What have been some of the best reactions from the audience that you get to your like what you had to tell them to say. Well, I, well my favourite reaction that I've ever had was we, we were doing a week of shows and uh, at the very beginning of the show when I tell the audience that I'm a virgin, some people are like, oh, like I hear like a little murmur in the audience, but one night we did have uh, a gentleman heckle from the back saying, I don't believe you, which I mean is one thing to hear when you tell... It's so hot, you can't possibly be a virgin court. Yep. Definitely what it is. Uh-huh. But then the next night, like literally the next night, we had an, I had another man heckle when I said that. And he's, but he yelled, yeah, I'd believe it. So... Uh, She's so pure looking, but she must be a virgin. This yeah. is how I justified it immediately after the show to court. Yep. I like, because uh, Courtney, Courtney often gets people coming up after the show saying like that they're also virgins and that's kind of something that they like can bond over um, and that doesn't usually happen to me I mostly just get um, men <laughs> buying me drinks uh, which is also fine but uh, a girl did come up to me after a show once and she was really drunk and she said hey I really related to the show like you and I have so much in common and I went oh cool yeah that's great and then she went sluts for life and fist bumped me um, pretty sure I'm gonna get sluts for life like print I might get that tattooed <laughs> Stand Up Tragedy have been looking for tragedy to share from all over the fringe because tragedy is best shared. You can also tell us your tragic moments, even if you're listening to this podcast somewhere that's very far away from the fringe. Just tweet at Stand Up For Tragedy or use the hashtag Tragic Moments to share your tragic stories, pictures, videos, any kind of media, as long as it's tragic, send it over to us. We really want to hear about it and we want to share it. As part of the PBH Free Fringe, Stand Up Tragedy has been enjoying supporting the other performers and has seen some really great shows. Producer Bryony went to see Matt Panesh do his one-man comedic theatre production, Love Hurts, Actually, a satirical play where he enacts the entirety of Richard Curtis's film, Love Actually. Bryony grabbed Matt after the show to have a chat about tragedy. Hello, yeah, we're in the basement of the Banshee Labyrinth in the chamber room. Uh, I've just walked off stage. Um, a very narrow stage, uh, a beautiful stage. Um, very low stage. Very low stage. It's a good job I don't jump. Yeah, so I'm in the Banshee Labyrinth, uh, which is venue 156. My show is Love Hurts, actually. It's on at 150, and I've got another one in the Banshee Labyrinth at 10 past 5, just called Monkey Poet, which is uh, a name that I came up with um, to, to sort of do my poetry yes so mate what is your tragic moment i actually this is a real weird one because it's uh it's mortality and my own mortality uh, i had an uncle who died rather tragically of cancer and uh long lingering death it was horrible and i kind of looked a lot like him we were both like he kind of got me into hippie-ish stuff i had hair down to my ass like he did as well and uh um yeah, he's, his wife, uh, um, at the time my auntie, who's fantastic, uh, didn't really want me in the hospital at the same time as she was because I was reminding her of how he was and his mates came in to see him and went, oh, he's looking better, he's up in the chair. And when they went in, he was in the bed and I was in the chair. And he died a week before his 30th birthday. And uh, I thought, it just lodged in my mind that he died a week before his 30th birthday. So I would die a week before my 30th birthday and he was 10 years older than me. And so over those, stupid niggling little thought, 
but it developed and it developed until uh, two weeks before my 30th birthday. I was like, ah, and I was feeling my ribs could started in his ribs and I'd actually give myself a bruise there and I was like, I can feel it, I can feel it, I can feel death, death's cold hand is on my shoulder. Ah, ah, and Did you try and do anything differently? Did you have a bucket list? No, no, not at all. No, I just drank heavily and, and one of these days, especially in that time period, I sort of polished off a bottle of whiskey and it was a week before my 30th birthday now and I rang up my mum and I basically just said goodbye to her and said goodbye to my dad and I was like, <laughs> and they were like, what the, what's up with you? And I was like, you know, Steve died a week before his 30th birthday. And um, me mum went, what? He died a week before his 29th. And I went, what? Uh, everything's all right, Mum. Uh, I'll speak to you tomorrow. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I'm an idiot." <laughs> um, so you done all this yeah, yeah. I, for? So yeah, I mean that that is so weird. But yeah, that's it's not really tragedy, I suppose. But it was just how how ideas stick. Over. It did, yeah, Completely. it did. As I said, I felt the cold, clammy hand of death on my shoulder. Fringe is fantastic so far, actually. I'm really enjoying it. The show's coming together. Uh, Love Hurts actually won um, because I didn't get a chance to, to um, preview it. Because his tragedy, <laughs> the, the, pre the preview where I was booked in Manchester, um, there was that massive fire in Manchester in Affleck's Palace. Um, that's the, the theatre's inside. And um, yeah, a firefighter died, and but that it happened three days before my fucking preview was supposed to be on. So, um, oh, like, inconsiderate. how inconsiderate, <laughs> you know? C crikey. Um, oh, no. yeah, yeah, I know. I saw mm -hmm. the ruins. Like, it's horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really good. It's three empty theaters. So do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a down there. Yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's lovely, isn't it? So yeah, they're all fire damage and the rest of it. So I I, I never did it there. Uh, but yeah, uh, so it's just bedding this show in at the moment. Any tragic recommendations? What have you seen so far? Anything good? Uh, you know what? I've not seen that much. I, because what are you going what's, what's, what, what's on your list of things to see? Well, I'm definitely... I've seen Phaleontology, actually, and I really enjoyed that. That was a, a, an esoteric science fiction kind of, like, what the fuck's going on here? Am I allowed to say fuck? Okay, cool. Uh, so, um, yeah, uh, it was just very weird and out there. I enjoyed I that. that. I like That's that. at the, the zoo venue. Um, the main one, yep, just near uh, Pleasant's Dome. None of the big names I'm really going to see. What, what I tend to do is um, uh, find out what... Uh, Gem Rolls, actually. Gem Rolls, I'm definitely going to see he's him. Yeah, he's yeah. awesome. He's, cool yeah, he's great. Uh, he actually got me into doing fringes about uh, seven years ago, eight years ago I met him, and that was that was when I first put together an hour show. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so. Yesterday. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. He's a big guy on the fringe. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's uh, this is his first time here for ten years, um, but he's been doing the Canadian tours, and that's what I did for 2007, 2008, and then started doing Edinburgh after that. Um, so yeah, definitely going to see Jam. I've not seen him since 2008, so that'll be good. Um, Love hurts. Actually, is downstairs at the Banshee Labyrinth every day at 12:50 p.m.
There's more tragedy to come right here every day on SoundCloud, iTunes and the Stitcher Smart Radio app where you can subscribe to the podcast. Follow us at Stand Up For Tragedy on Twitter and you can friend us on Facebook if you want to make friends with some tragedy or you can just like us on there. And you can come along to our show at The Fiddler's Elbow and it's all for free. So come on and share in the tragedy. podcast was produced by Bryony Hawkins with audio production from Stephen Harvey. The music comes from Sam Wilkinson, who you can email at radiojuan at gmail.com. The rest of the music was produced by George Brufton, written by the reactionaries with added bagpipes from Vaughan Granding. I'm Dave, I'm your host, and the tragedy is once again over. <laughs>